Welcome to Your Future in Sales and Marketing, a podcast that helps you make great decisions to get the most out of your career. My name is Mike Dixon, and I'm a professional sales and marketing recruiter. I love what I do, but my biggest frustration is seeing the careers of too many people slow down before they should. In this podcast series, I'll introduce you to an incredible group of leaders who will tell their story. Together, we'll help you be ready for a career conversation to make great career decisions and realize your potential. In this episode, I meet Elise Berryman, co-founder and general manager of Liquify Health, an incubator spin-off business from Pharmacare. The theme of this pod is the entrepreneur within. How did Liquify come about? How does Elise manage the business? And how does she attract, develop, and retain her team? Enjoy. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sales and Marketing Director Incubator, the program that helps you make great career decisions to maximize your potential. My name is Mike Dixon. I'm the founder and partner of the Sales Marketing Category Practice here at AXR Recruitment and Search. Um, and each episode this year, guys, we're focusing on a theme in our last live session. We had Andrew Sutherland on from Lightswitch Consulting, where he's the managing director, talking about the move between corporate and consulting and how to make that role stick. Now, two weeks ago, we were due to have on Yvette Costi, who is the CMO of Blooms the Chemist, but uh, COVID scuppered that. So we've actually recorded Yvette's episode yesterday morning that will go live on our channels uh, today or tomorrow, actually. So look forward to that. That um, theme there is Hire the Outsider. It's the best risk you'll ever ever make. Um, she wrote an article went viral earlier this year talking about hiring outside your lanes. So we had a lot of fun with that. Um, but today we're back with a live and in-person session. So welcome, Elise Berryman, founder and director of Liquify Health. Good morning, Elise. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. That's all right. Really looking forward to get in and getting into today's session. And the theme is the entrepreneur within. Now, Elise was successfully progressing her career in, in brand and category at, at Pharmacare. So for Pharmacare, if you're not sure, you probably know the brands for sure. So Nature's Way, Biogland, to name a couple. For stepping out as the entrepreneur founder of Liquify Health, an incubator spin-off business from Pharmacare. So we're going to explore how that happened uh, and what life is like as a founder. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's get into it. But before we uh, before we do, Lisa, we're asking the same question of everybody this year, which is, what's your favorite brand? And you can't pick a brand that you've worked on. <laughs> yeah, this actually was a tricky question. I was chatting with my team last night about it, and I could say I'm pregnant at the moment, so everything in the snack aisle because um, I can't stop snacking. But I did rack my brain to try and pin one brand. And I even scrolled my Instagram and all the brands that I follow. Nice. Um, and I've settled on Peter Alexander, the pajama clothing brand. I just love it. I love the experience you get when you order a package online. They've got beautiful boxes they come in, the tissue paper, the actual product or the clothing and the pajamas. They're so soft. I love the stores. They're just an experience. So it's always been a favorite. Peter Alexander. I, I know it. Um, I've, uh, um, that's a kind of a go-to for mine for Christmas presents. Yes. Very good for gifts. Definitely. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. And uh, we were chatting before about the, the theme we have for our rooms here at AXR. We're developing each room into a, a concept around what did you dream of when you were uh, growing up in terms of a job? 
and uh, we've got some cool themes coming like Rockstar and and uh, Adventure. We've also got one called Farmer, which is nice and steady, mm-hmm. um, and a few other in- interesting concepts. But um, was there a job you dreamt of growing up? Yeah, I kind of laugh about it. Um, I just pinned a lawyer. I didn't know what it did, what lawyers did at the time. Um, Dad wanted to be a lawyer, so I think that's kind of where it came from, and my uncle was a lawyer. But now that I've kind of discovered what they do, contract reading's not for me. So I'm really <laughs> glad that we have people in the world that are happy to be lawyers. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those interesting professions. My uh, daughter's at uni just now, and, and she was looking at law, and she she got accepted in for for law, and um, oh, wow. but she she had a look at just the the content, and she got oh, mm. <laughs> I, I think there's more interesting things to do. Dad, I was like, yeah, there probably is. You, yes. you do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm with that. So she, she, she didn't she didn't go for it, but uh, that's all all cool. Well, let's get into it. So, um, if you wind right back to the beginning of your career, Lisa, we'll talk obviously lots about liquefy health as a goal. But what was your first job? So, first casual job, I was a gymnastics coach because I was a gymnast as I grew up, but. Full-time, um, post-uni, I was very fortunate to go into my family business in the new product development role that they had created. Right. Okay. So that, so gymnast was just casual fun. Yep. That was your, your, your hobby growing up and then, and then into, into the family. The family business is, is pharmacare. Yes. Yeah, great. Okay. Yes. Fantastic. And when you look at that first role, now you can pick either the gymnast, um, um, gymnastic instructor or with an MPD for this, but when you look back at that role, is there things that you learned then that you still think, well, I use that kind of today? Yeah, it was actually um, really interesting to reflect back on that. And I, when we were focusing on new product development, like innovation was our life in that role. That's what we did every day. So I think that building that skill and liquefy being at the heart of innovation now is of what we do um, is kind of where I started um, growing Um, the love for innovation. And the um, boss that I had at the time, which is now the GM of Nature's Way, he has hustle and I really learned hustle from him, showed me how to break down barriers, how to come up with ideas. So I really appreciate working with him. That's super interesting. So because we'll talk about that kind of whole pushing boundaries and what drives the entrepreneur as well, but it feels like possibly that was sparked a little bit by perhaps working with that individual. Yeah, definitely. And I'd actually forgotten about it. So it was good to reflect back on it. Yeah, 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 cool. Um, when you look at your your time before we jump, before you founded Liquify, was there anything you, you did uh, or a particular role you thought I, I've really accelerated here? This is a part of my my career where I've I've, I've been able to push down the accelerator and gone faster. Mm, again, something really interesting to reflect back on, and I think I've, I'll pin the um this two year stint that I did in the pharmacare office in London. And I think getting out of the Sydney office, probably that's where my father, Toby, is based and over to work under a different GM and work on different brands, different retailers, got to learn Europe as well um, and how you know business can operate in Europe too. So I think I grew a lot of autonomy um, and just had a, a whole lot of learning. Yeah. Life experience as well. As I, that, I, yes. I can imagine. <laughs> Lived by myself. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In, in, in London, yeah, a lot, lot of fun. I'm off to the UK next week, actually, for uh, pretty much for all of June. Uh, oh, and wow. uh, we're spending some time in London. So I love London. Um, so do I. Great, great city. I've, I've had the chance to live there several times. Never picked it. I, I've always thought, I'm not sure I could live there all the time, but I'd love to go and visit. Yeah. 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 Uh, love uh, the markets, love the shopping, love the yeah, restaurants. Just a vibrancy to it. Yeah. It, it really is, but, yeah. uh, which, is, which is awesome. Now, was there a point when you realized, and maybe it was 
in your flat back of that MPD role that that you thought I've got this entrepreneurial streak within me. And when did that when did that come up? <laughs> I guess I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur, to be honest. So yeah, thinking back of when that kind of really sparked though. I would say probably the year or so before starting Liquify, I was working with Trent Butler, the co-founder on Nature's Way, and he has just an amazing creative spark, can think up ideas that have not been created before. And I think then that helped find that within me as well. And we worked really um, well together to come up with the idea of Liquify. And I think that's where it all started. So let's talk about Liquify. So um, for, those who, for those who are not going to be familiar with it, um, this will be a good platform for, for, for you to talk about it, but also for people to learn a lot about the journey of that business. So give me the elevator pitch on, on Liquify and talk to us just a, you know, as well, how, how did the business actually come about then? How did you and Trent you know, yeah. decide mm-hmm. this is something we're going to have a crack at? Okay, so elevator pitch to start with. So I call this a dynamic sales and marketing innovation hub. Um, yeah, within pharmacare and we're driven to innovate the future of how we live health that is you nailed that Uh, you've done this before (laughs) (laughs) no that's pretty good normally it's about two minutes long and i I lose concentration halfway through (laughs) that was that was that was that was i was was, thinking 30 seconds right elevator pitch i I reckon you were 15 that was that was that was just a few floors on the elevator that was good so so uh, you talked about Trent before as being the co-founder, an ideas person. So how did that happen? How did the business yeah, come about? So at the time, we both had launched um, Kombucha under Nature's Way, and that's when Kombucha had started booming. And then we saw the opportunity to, to disrupt the healthy drink space. So we saw there were ideas beyond Kombucha that we could launch in the healthy drink space, plus also we think big take on the likes of Coke and Pepsi. They didn't have brands in this space. So we wanted to go into, into a cafe, be able to sell in a liquefy health fridge and say, you'll know everything within this fridge is functional, good for you and low sugar. And so we went to Toby and the CEO at the time um, and said, we've got a pitch for you. Take your pharmacare hat off, think like Shark Tank. And um, yeah, we pitched it and they were on board and then... We pitched the management team and had back and forth meetings with financials and things like that, and then eventually got the go ahead. I love that. So really, shark tank, shark tank like, yeah, in 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 the approach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it? Did you get asked any tough questions? Was it like, how did they kind well, of challenge you on it? Was about six years ago yeah. now, so I've got to cast my mind back. But I think we were asking to launch a new company and asking to launch four new brands below it. <laughs> so yeah. there were definitely lots of questions. It's a big ask, right? You know, yeah. was this something Pharmacare had done before, spun off or created this business from, from you know, outside the company but within the company almost? Is it new? No, not that I can recall. A lot of um, Pharmacare has grown by purchasing brands and bringing them in-house. Yep. Um, so I think this is the first time yeah. they've invested, yeah, for a company that stayed within. Right. So, so talk to me about the structural relationship. So, how does it work between Liquify and Pharmacare? You know, because I guess the, the point of um, one of the points of this this, this uh, episode here is becoming more common for our larger companies to, to think like this. To think, how, how do we create agitative thinking? How do we do? We have incubators. How do we drive new without disrupting the core? Um, and, and I think separating something out can be quite an interesting way of doing it, but I'd love to know how it actually works in practical terms with Pharmacare. Yeah, so they're um, our owner um, and slash investor. 
we report back to them on all the business financials. Um, currently within the Liquify team, we're focused on sales and marketing and then Pharmacare run all the operations side of things. So our purchasing, our warehousing, customer service, finance, and so on. Um, and we just work with all their teams. Looking at your career, Elise, um, are you, do you think you're a different leader now or from a business perspective, having gone on the journey for the last six years in Liquify, then you would have been if you stayed in pharmacare or gone on to work in another corporate business, you know, doing, you know, different sales and marketing roles, for, for yeah. example. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I am a different leader now having moved across to Liquify. I think I'm more well-rounded in terms of business, being able to manage different departments within a business instead of just focusing on marketing. And I've really enjoyed that. I think I've understood how a business really runs from the ground up. When we first started Liquify, there was just three of us and I was, yeah, we all were hands-on with doing the customer service, punching the orders, doing the finance, the accounting side, plus the sales and marketing. Um, and then eventually as we grew, we were able to Put people on in those roles right and then i could oversee that and in the early days when you are the three of you you're doing everything how do you stop the minutiae of the detail all the kind of day-to-day admin that you've got to do it must be quite chaotic how do you stop that from derailing the vision of what you're trying to do i think that's where trent and i worked really well together because he's more vision orientated with that and make sure we would keep thinking that and then where i was a bit more about running the day-to-day of the business and keeping the wheels turning so i think that's where we were like yin and yang but it worked yeah and i think that partnership thing is interesting Mm. um entrepreneurs um, sometimes do it themselves, but they're often in a partnership when you you you've got you know very complementary skills. Yeah, um, that enables you to you know focus on what you're good at. And I think sometimes people often try and focus on all the stuff they're not good at. And and um, a lot of thinking today are around as well. You can mitigate the impact of the stuff you're not good at, but do the stuff you do really well and keep doing that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, keep growing your strengths. And I think more companies are having co CEOs and things like that. So they yeah see the different types of skills and that notice that not one person doesn't necessarily have them all. And have your roles evolved in that same way? So you, are you both still co-founders? And yeah, both business? still co-founders. Yeah. He's still, he's moved across to Pharmacare and um, still works in liquefied business in head of innovation and strategy. And we work really closely with him, but he also um, works in all the Pharmacare brands with right. their strategy. So you're, you're, you're slightly more solo now in terms yes. of running the business. Yeah. Got you. So, so is is what you're doing right now in terms of managing the business different from from running a function or running a brand, or is it similarish because you've talked about the the business being sales and marketing orientated, but because you're a separate company, how different is that from running a brand within the business? I think touched on a little earlier in terms of being able to be across all the different departments within a business. I think if I how I see a business unit, it potentially would have just been marketing focused. Um, and you still have touch points with all the other departments within a company. But now I'm, I've got to look at supply, look at sales, look at marketing um, and finance and, yeah, kind of, yeah, oversee it all and yeah. step in when people, yeah, need me. Absolutely. <laughs> um, guys, for those of you who are on the live session, um, there's a, a chat facility. So feel free to jump on, ask questions. Uh, if you use anything you want to ask myself or Elise, um, if you're on a podcast, you can't ask questions. You have to just listen, but that's, that's all good. Yeah. Um, I'm interested around how you measure success in your role. Do you have like an overarching KPI that's the thing that 
you kind of go for? Is there lots of things, ways in which you, you, you measure your progress? Sales and profit definitely comes to mind from a financial sense. And I think that's been built in me through my time at Pharmacare and how they've grown. Um, always having that number to strive for and even a stretch number beyond the initial kind of budget number. So I've definitely got sales and profit. And then for me, culture is really important and the retention rate, keeping um, keeping employees engaged and motivated. Great. And and how do you, it's interesting because that reflects back to, I asked this, a question of Trish Pagora who runs the Muti business. And uh, that's, uh, it's a subsidiary of an international company. Um, and, and I asked her what's her most important KPI, and I think I think she didn't say engagement, which is something similar. She said something around, around people contentment or something. It was, it was really interesting, and, and some I'm curious you brought that up as well. You know, there's a commercial component, absolutely, but people too. Do you measure that, or is that just a, is that just a, a, a feeling? Oh, definitely. I can measure it by a feeling, but we have implemented pulse surveys okay. recently, which Pharmacare has implemented as well, um, and we've moved that across to liquefy too. So we are starting to measure it on yeah. that basis too. It's interesting that the, the um, being able to kind of use what Pharmacare are doing in your business. Can you pick and pick and choose what you want, or if they're doing, if they're launching something, say this is an all company thing. You're like you've got to go along with it. Are you able to say, "Hey, that's that's yeah. we're a little bit separate. That's not quite for us." Yeah, good question. Um, it kind of depends on, I guess, which department the things kind of being implemented. So there are processes we do have to follow when it comes to like they've got an innovation gate process that we follow. But yeah, there are other times that we can pick and choose. Right. Yeah. yeah. What works for us. So you have a you have a fair degree of independence in that sense in terms yeah. of uh, deciding what's right for your business. Yeah. Um, which again talk, talks the separation about that. You know, if you're running a brand within Pharmacare, you couldn't. You'd just be doing everything that was coming at coming yeah, at you. Yeah. yeah, and and I'm comfortable to go have the conversation with the chairman and the CEO of Pharmacare if I don't think it's right for our business. Right. So, so with that in mind, um, what's your reporting line? You you report to the business to the business. Yeah, I report directly to the CEO of Pharmacare, Glenn Cochran. And yeah, we catch up fortnightly and I just, yeah, try and stand the front foot with him of what's going on in the business, ask for advice, just keeping him updated where he needs to be. And then I also sit on the Pharmacare management team. So I then present the liquefied numbers weekly and monthly. That's interesting. So so you're kind of getting the benefit of a peer group as well there. Yes, yeah, because yeah. I, 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 I think an entrepreneurial role can be quite lonely if you're kind of out there doing it all on your own. And, and that's why entrepreneurs often build boards because they, they, they want people to bounce off. And, and they, they, it is a damn lonely role making all your, your own decisions. But if you've kind of got that manager team yeah. that you're part of, you've got people who are able to kind of say, right, yeah, this, you know, I've got X challenge or Y opportunity. What do you guys think? And you pres- yeah. present that to them. Yeah, definitely, definitely got that opportunity. And I think when we've all got a presentation coming up, I do touch base with a few of the GMs just to say, how have you taken the brief? What are you kind of presenting? And if they've gone first, get feedback on how's their went, how theirs went. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's been really helpful. Cool. Question from the chat from uh, Stuart Borg. Uh, hi, Stuart. Um, <laughs> I know him. Yeah, me too. Just <laughs> more world. <laughs> I reported to him. Did you? Yes. Oh, well, hopefully it's not too tough a question. Congratulations on the success <laughs> of Liquify. Uh, the challenge of startups is often competing against large, well-funded organizations. Uh, Coke and Pepsi are some of the biggest, uh, for example. But how do you manage to compete 
with whoever your competitors are, uh, uh, particularly in that retail space. Yeah, nice to see you, Stuart, or your name, and well done on everything you've done in your career as well since um, yeah, Nature's Way. Firstly, I'll say we're very lucky with Liquify that um, we've had the philosophy, think like a startup but act like, like an empire, and that's because we've got we've always had the backing of Pharmacare. So we've been able to be a startup where we've needed to be but then be able to scale up where we wanted to. And I think that's what helped us compete against bigger companies with always being able to have access to Pharmacare's departments and resources and data. In the retail space, I think it's come from a lot of our passion, you know, with breaking down those barriers um, and being able to run a lot of the sales ourselves. We've had relationships with buyers directly and we go present to the buyers and we kind of, Trent's a great storyteller and we bring them on the journey and we'd show them what we, where we think their category should go. And I think that's helped them believe in us and range our brands. Talking to a lot of people as I do in my role, um, organizations or, or people who are looking for career advice and or, or a particular move. One of all, uh, you know, I meet people from a lot of large tier ones, you know, mm. and I meet lots of people from mid tier and smaller companies too. And the kind of excitement level often from those in smaller businesses seems to be kind of higher. And sometimes people in tier one, if they ground down a little bit, you know, it's it's um, the relationship between them, the retailer can be can be kind of quite intense and and you know combative almost. Whereas yeah. the I get the sense that a lot of the smaller businesses, particularly Australian owned businesses, have great relationships. Um, they're seen as you know, really useful for the retailer in terms of agitating and challenging the big guys. Yeah, do, you, yeah. do you get that kind of feedback and that sense as well? Yeah, and I think sometimes the sense we have, like, what do we have to lose, you know, when we're going into a meeting because <laughs> we're starting, <laughs> like we've got nothing. So, you know, sometimes that has helped us. And and I think also knowing that what we're presenting is different and they you know, it's unique in the market and it's all just about kind of convincing them and, you know, to believe in us and take us on. Yeah, very good point, actually. Naive of me, I'm thinking, really to kind of think, wow, it must just be awesome being that small company. But in, in the last year, one, my God, you've got a lot to lose. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a fair degree of risk there in, 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 in yeah. meeting, hence the tension. And on, I say we sides. might be a bit hungrier and yep. and we've got to fight harder to get in the door first because we don't have you know the t1 name and you know fight then yeah to get that meeting and then you know to get the continued relationship from there yeah back to the people side um uh, but thanks for your question uh stuart and anybody else jump on if you if you want to but uh if th- that engagement piece is in, is 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 really important to you from, uh, from from the people who work within the business how, how do you connect them to the vision because i can you're the founder so you're kind of you're living and breathing it. But how do you kind of connect the people who are, it's it's their job, you know, yeah. you know, to, to, to what you're trying to achieve as higher purpose? Because I love what you said there. Was it think like an entrepreneur, like an empire? Think like a startup. Think yeah. a startup. At, like, an that's, that, that's great. So, you know, how do you kind of bring everybody else into that? Yeah, I think it comes from our philosophy and how we live it daily. And, you know, when we come up against barriers or obstacles, it's like, okay, brainstorm, collaborate. How do we get around it? How do we get through it? You know, if we do get defeated, get knocked down, get back up again and work our way through it. So, yeah, I think it, and that's the type of people with that mindset that I like to hire and liquefy. Right. And it's the role, if you look at the role they do, for example, as a, if they're a brand manager or a national account manager, whatever it is they're, they're doing for you, and you think back to your time at Pharmacare, is, is the role fundamentally different? Yeah, I would say definitely 
because our size of businesses are different. That makes it um, definitely different. And I think because we, because our brands aren't so established yet, we need to fight for every sale. And we also need to spend every penny, <laughs> yeah, very consciously and making sure we're getting the most out of it or try and fight for free re- freebies as well. So I would say in that sense, it is harder because a lot of the bigger brands, they know they've got, you know, constant sales coming in every month and and the brands are more established where, yeah, we're still in that growth phase. Yeah. So, so when, so that kind of ability to, so every, every, every win is huge. Yeah for you guys yep. and, and every piece of expense is huge for you yeah, so there, there, there must be a fair emotional roller coaster that you got yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah the other day i think we needed batteries <laughs> i was like oh i'll go find them at pharmacare <laughs> yeah. batteries are expensive <laughs> yeah uh who was i talking to the other day about that uh he was um in a similar type role to you and um, he was trying to describe the difference and he was saying if we run out of milk, I, I go and get the milk. You know, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's, um, it doesn't just magically happen as it does in a larger business. So these things just can, you know, yeah. appear. <laughs> I know. Um, I was thinking about that on my drive in and like our office is made up of furniture that doesn't go together. It's just the um, old furniture that Pharmacare used that we found in their warehouse. Um, the couches we have are my parents' old couches. And James, who's my head of sales, who's listening, on his first day, he helped me unpack new bins that we needed for the bathroom. <laughs> and we joke about and um, my assistant brand manager, Liam, on his first day, he helped put up the doorbell. So, yeah, you definitely got to roll up your sleeves. And, yeah, we look for people that are happy to get their hands dirty. Yeah, and, and therein lies a difference, I think, doesn't <laughs> yes. it? I mean, there's a the the the, the winds are amazing. The, the the kind of the commercial acumen you have to have to be across every penny, as you say, yeah. is accentuated. Um, particularly, you have a CEO like Glenn Cochran, who's very commercial yeah. uh, in yeah. one reputation. Yeah, but uh, but nevertheless, then, then in, in practical day to day terms, yeah, you're you're living and breathing everything. So, um, mm. and, uh, when I recruit for small companies. I use these types of examples to say, hey, you, you can't be walking in with an eagle. Yeah. You know, this is not somebody else's job. There's no one to do this stuff. Yeah. It's wonderful having the responsibility that you have in a small business because what you do matters. Everything you do really matters. Yeah. Um, and that means you can impact a lot, but you can impact a lot negatively if you if you if you drop a ball and you can wear yeah. that aside. But you're also doing stuff that you ha- probably haven't done for years. Yeah, you get exposed to so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond just if you're working in marketing, they really become more well-rounded business people because they're so close to the supply chain and finance. We get to look at our P&Ls and, yeah, the sales side as well. Yeah, we're, we're living in strange times, at least, you know, on the back of two, two and a half years of COVID. Um, uh, reason I'm going off to uh, the UK next month. For those of you who don't know, I'm away, I'm away for June, so um, speak to Chris Hamill or Christina Lee in my absence <laughs> at, uh, if you're uh, needing any help or advice. But uh, um, because it's, we haven't travelled anywhere, really, yeah. um, the economy has is, is been, you know, by and large good, but it's been perilous in terms of predicting what's happening. Yeah. We've got massive supply chain issues driven essentially to buy you know the, the war and you know Suez Canal all this kind of stuff the big macro stuff that goes on it's a business that liquefy just sail along regardless or does it impact you the same way no definitely um yeah we were impacted from as you mentioned from a supply point of view that's um definitely one of the biggest and I think now we're seeing price increases come from raw ingredients from freight that we've got to yeah manage and work through which is challenging and 
also the lead times on getting stock. So we've we've got to be better planned, um, forecast further out um, and, yeah, stay more on top of that with their challenges. Yeah, that's going on. Right. So within, as you were saying before, probably almost the reverse because every every small difference in your business has a significant impact. Correct. Really, you know, so, so, you know, so actually a supply issue a larger business might be able to kind of go to alternate sources of supply or or, or they get more balls to juggle, whereas you've got fewer. Yeah. So, yep. so actually the, the, the consequences of those macro issues at a micro level can be significant for you. Yeah, and I think we're definitely always focused to try and have really innovative products, um, which does make it harder then to find more suppliers that can make them. So when you've just got one supplier that you rely on to make that product. Yeah, it does form a challenge. Yeah. I feel like Stuart's in the room. He's asked another, he's asked another question, which is, uh, which is a really good one. I've just scanned it, which, which I like. So I, I'm, I'm going to ask it. Stuart, keep coming is a good. Um, a lot of in-house incubator teams often succumb to the larger business processes and procedures, you know, and, and risk aversion, which I, which I understand, uh, which can inhibit the entrepreneurial spirit, I guess, which is the fundamental reason why you've been set up. How have you worked with this or resisted it? I think that gives you a nice compliment too. No, really good question because it's something we kind of face daily, weekly. I think it's, yeah, it is definitely challenging. Like I've talked a lot about a lot of the positives that we've got the backing of PharmaCare, but yeah, still finding that balance of speed that we want to have to market, but where now we do have to sometimes fit in with the PharmaCare processes where it could slow us down. Yeah, it's it's just, I do go and fight for where we if we want to speed up or not follow a process, if we think it will affect our strategy or business. Do you have to pick your battles or are you just the person who's always pushing back? I think that's one of the things I've probably learned along the way to pick my battles. <laughs> and I think it's just come with experience as well to know what you can push back on and whatnot. Yeah, win, win the ones you want to win. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, now, we talked earlier about, about the people side and, and um, I'm interested uh, with my recruitment hat on. So when recruiting for an entrepreneurial business like yours, what are you looking for in a candidate? Now, beyond the technical competence of this person, can do the role. They, they, they understand how to manage willies or, you know, that could solve brand manager. But what else are you looking for? Definitely hunger, um, driven to succeed, um, really high achievers. Like when looking at resumes, especially for the younger candidates, if they haven't had as many jobs experience, I then look at what's their extracurricular activities. What have they been able to multitask with alongside school or alongside uni? Because then I know they can take on more. And then beyond that, really just being real someone that's happy to be themselves really just wants to have fun can have a laugh like I've interviewed someone that got to a second round and I couldn't get a smile out of them and I was like they had all the right things to be able to do the job but I was like I can't laugh with them oh yeah (laughs) so so that the fit is really important yeah the fit's really important and we have like this vibe check in the office that how's the vibe today (laughs) Um, to make sure the energy's there um, and we have some music playing as well. And we, in the um, interview process, we ask some quirky questions. One that I've only recently started asking that I got from my brother is, what's your hidden talent? And you're hoping to get answers like, I'm really good at hula hooping or I know sometimes like I'm good at singing or I can lick my nose or like some, you'll see whether they're happy to reveal something quite unusual about themselves. And then you know that they can be real. 
Cool. All right. It's it, it's interesting. I interviews, I think, are, are I do a lot of them, right? So yeah. Uh, and uh, what you're trying to get a sense and is is and I say this to people up front when I meet anybody. It's like this is not about me trying to catch you out. You know, mm. I'm trying to give you a platform to you to perform at your best. But I need you to be real. I need yeah. you to be authentic yeah. uh, because I know nobody's perfect and there's a lot of stuff you're good at and a lot of stuff you're not i need to find out what they are yeah uh, and that means you just got to be really honest and and people struggle you know and so sometimes you need questions to get them off guard yeah uh, and you're just trying to get someone to, to you know get a few layers down and uh for me as i I'm, God, I'm much more boring than you i've got to vary it i like that uh i like that question <laughs> <laughs> james has started asking can you tell us a joke like if we want to if we haven't seen their laughing side or smiling side yeah. And then that that throws them as well, yeah. Because they're like, oh gosh, I don't know of a joke. <laughs> then you, you also you see how they respond to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not 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 how they got a killer joke. It's just how they respond. To yeah. And then we used to do a really kind of random thing um, that we need to bring back. We've stopped in the past year. Um, so we had a soft toy that was a dragon, and he had a little T-shirt on that said "Figment." So really, a figment of your imagination. So we would just bring out. Figment and would say, Figment has a dream. What do you think their dream is? What do you think his dream is? And it's open to them where they want to take it. And so we yeah. kind of look for one, how they go under pressure, random question. Um, two, can they be creative? Do they have an imagination? Yeah. So it's a wild one. But you, you the reach of the, of the podcast is pretty good, Elise. There's a lot of people in Australian FM you listen to this. Um, so I'll, you might just give away a couple of secrets there for candidates you might be interviewing in, in, in the future. <laughs> They'll be like sitting down going, where's Figment? <laughs> well, we might change it actually because we haven't done it for a while. We'll bring yeah. a different animal. Yeah, yeah, love it. Cool. Do you think there's a right time in someone's career to look at a, a business like yours, an entrepreneurial business, a smaller, a smaller business? I really think any time in their career, like I think they can benefit from it at the start, the middle or the end. Um, and I think it's just about yeah they'll still get the experience and the learning no matter what when they do it probably early on they definitely will learn more about how a business runs because they're closer to all the departments but yeah it's still yeah very beneficial anytime the assumption is i i think that uh, entrepreneurialism and startups are young persons again but you said they're early career mid-career or even end of the career like it depends you know some people might want to change um towards more the end of their career and might be what they're looking for. They might have experienced all, you know, tier one companies um, and and then be looking for something different. Yeah. There's actually, uh, I, I, I can't remember the name of it, but there is a podcast out there which uh, charts the, it's, it's, it's a bit of a piss take. I think it's like called geriatric entrepreneurs or something, but effectively saying there's a whole world of entrepreneurs out there who get to the 60s and older, who start up businesses. And, yeah. Um, and I, I often think uh, we talk a lot about diversity in Australia for very good reason, and we focus very much on gender. But I think we, we, and not just we, I think other countries are the same, can be much more comfortable, strangely, with age discrimination and making assumptions on what somebody is like or what they want or what they bring because of their age. Mm. Um, and seeing age as a label as opposed to, you know, it's just a number and, and some of the something at the end of their career can be more energetic than something at the beginning of their career or have more yeah. ideas and so, yeah. you know because they're more experienced you know or whatever the case may be they push the boundaries more and, and i think um, i uh, i love the concept of 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 people all stages of their career kind of going i'm going to jump out and do something really unique and different so i think it's a really good really and good i concept. think through your career you definitely find out what you enjoy doing but also what you don't 
want to focus on as much. So that's someone, you know, wants to go into a smaller business and can be a bit more focused on what they enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. In in a career sense, when you're working in a business like yours, there's not the same structured development path. You've not like got, you know, I do this role, that role, and then I jump into this lane, that lane. Now, You've got pharmacare, which presumably you could probably go between the two. Yeah. But in 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 your business, is that career development piece? Is that is that quite different from from an individual? Yeah, it's probably it's definitely different. Again, I think because of our size, and there's not as many roles as you see in a bigger business. But we definitely focus on career development, the team, and that's another thing that they're all hungry to grow um, and evolve and develop their career path. So we have those conversations. We have them mapped out every year of where they want to go and, you know, have constant chats about, you know, what do they need to keep doing to move to the next step and where do they want to go? And I, I assume that the, the career development is, is uh, well, it's always down to the individual. I think uh, one of the themes of, mm. of the last couple of years of doing this is that your career is up to you. No one's going to, no one owns it. It's, yeah. it's your career. So you've got to, yeah. the one who drives it and makes the decisions ultimately. But, uh, um, but uh, I'm assuming in a business like yours, the, um, that's accentuated even more so because the more successful you are as an individual, the more you're potentially growing your role uh, and therefore cr- actually, you know, taking ultimate control of your career because you're living a dime on what you, how successful you are. Yeah. Yeah. And the roles, yeah, can evolve with the person. And we have done that in the past when we discover their strengths as well and create roles around them for what's right for the business at the time. So we've got that agility. Yeah. Which I like because you're not just bound by the fact that I'm oh, waiting for so-and-so to move on or, yeah waiting for them to retire before I can before I can step up, which can be the case in larger businesses. Yeah. You're actually, you know, you're something restricted, even though there's all these options, but if there's roadblocks because people haven't moved on, then you're stuck and, and there's only so much you can develop your role because if you develop too much, you're doing someone else's job. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> your business, actually not so much the case. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> you're probably encouraging them to say, look, go as hard as you want. Yeah, um, yeah. Because we've got lots we could do here and lots we could yeah. ask you to do. Yeah, and if they take on more beyond their role, yeah, you see. Yeah, how they can evolve. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what makes a great career conversation then with somebody in in your business? I what came to mind was open, being open, like having the conversations, having them regularly, often, and you know, um, I think as leaders, up to us to ask questions so we can understand more of what do they want, where do they go, where do they want to go, yeah, what drives them, what do they enjoy, yeah, yeah. and probing. Yes. And do you expect them to have clarity of what they are looking for? Um, because again, there's not the structural piece that says, I want to do that role, this role. Is it more how, how they can contribute to the business and grow their role? Or, or are they looking for more push from you? How does it, how does it develop? Probably depends on their level. So it's both. Um, and if they don't know where they want to go, then yeah, it's more of the questions that, okay, what are you enjoying in your role right now? What don't you enjoy as much? Yeah, where do you get more fulfilled and satisfied from? And, you know, then we can help map out what type of roles fit for them. Who gave you your best piece of career advice? <laughs> what was it? You can't tell us who it yeah. was. No, I think I'll, I'll give my dad a shout out here. So firstly, just even being able to watch him grow Pharmacare um, and his drive and motivation and energy um, was just amazing to be around. Um, and I just learned a lot from that, even just being able to witness it. But yeah, to pick certain advice, um, he actually has um, quirky motivational quotes on his voicemail of his work landline. So he doesn't actually say, hi, I'm blah, blah, leave a message. He just says a quote. Um, so one of the quotes is um, those that say, 
they can't won't and those that they say they can will. So really it's about always, you know, just thinking you can do it, you can achieve it and you will. So, yeah. true, so true. So simple to the point, um, yeah, and never forgotten it. Yeah, so true. Um, so in, getting towards the end, Elise, um, and, and uh, not that your career is at the end or looking towards the end, but uh, um, what, what's next for you and, and the business? So for Liquify short term, we've got lots of exciting innovation coming in the next year. So yeah, listeners, watch out for things um, in some of the aisles of the grocery and pharmacy stores um, coming up from us. And then long term, sky's kind of the limit. We've got lots of categories that we want to disrupt that we haven't yet. We've got lots of brands we've created that we haven't launched yet. So I call them our bank. We've got a bank of brands and we've always had the dream to have a lineup of people working for Liquify. Um, so really want to work on that desirable workplace and culture. Well, hope this session has um connected the business with some potential talent yeah uh, of, of, me too. Of, of the future uh, and you build that kind of bench yeah uh, of uh i don't know what you call liquefying whatever you call liquefied person uh to 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 liquefier liquefier <laughs> we'll take that okay <laughs> liquefier um it's been a really interesting conversation thank you thank so you. much for for taking part today and, and uh and talking about the stories i think it's fascinating uh doing what you've done and, and uh, seeing what the business is at and, and it's very different to uh, a corporate but I, I love you can um, have that independence but you you've you've got the kind of capability to to pick what you want from from the larger yeah. business as well in in, uh, in pharmacare so so really enjoyed it thank you so much elise and um guys just uh, in, in in wrapping up um next in the sales marketing director incubator is Daniel Roberts, who is a director of sales and marketing for Shine, another smaller business. In fact, I think previously a competitor to uh, to Liquify, uh, Aussie energy drinks business uh, with a, a strong health uh, philosophy. So we're going to explore how uh, a fast growing startup takes on uh, the big boys as, as well. So there's a, a really place to bring uh, more of these uh, smaller businesses to life in this year's session. We're recording Daniel's episode on June 9th. Uh, if you'd like to join us live, or as always, you can catch up anytime on any session on our podcast, Your Future in Sales and Marketing, on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. Finally, two things to plug from AXR. Um, firstly, is our 2022 salary guides for sales, marketing, and category are available by request. There's some phenomenal content on there, not just in terms of what's happening to salaries in the market at different levels, but um, how roles are evolving, what the talent trends are with each each role. And we actually have some lots of links on there to content from the uh, from the podcast, uh, so uh, around career advice. So there's cool stuff on on those salary guides. Uh, also, a first for the sales and marketing uh, recruitment uh, place in Australia, we've got a new bi monthly uh, report. Um, on the key movers, so who's moving where in sales, marketing, and category in Australia. Now, LinkedIn is great, but this will give you everything you need in one place because uh, so, so uh, lots of uh, lots of gossip in there too. So uh, that uh, if you haven't had that, then let us know. We'll get you on the list, the mailing list for that. Thanks again, Elise. Uh, Thank brilliant, you. Brilliant session, and uh, guys, thanks to everybody for for listening, and have a great day. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast from AXR Recruitment and Search. We're passionate about helping you get the most out of your sales and marketing career. Keep listening as we bring you more inspiring journeys and advice from Australia's sales and marketing leaders. 
you just can't get this career insight anywhere else. My name is Mike Dixon. See you next time on Your Future in Sales and Marketing.